I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, I am so excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses because you all have watched Inventing Anna, but have you even seen Inventing Neff? Um, we have Neff Davis, who is the most amazing and funny woman, but she's also one of the protagonists of this wild, wild story of Anna Delvey, the fake German heiress, who took New York City by storm. She's the subject of that wild Netflix documentary, and she's kind of this New York City every woman because she's not only so relatable and funny, but she took one of the craziest scenarios that I've literally ever heard and turned it into her dream come true because she became not only the filmmaker that she aspired to be, but also parlayed her whole aspiration situation into so much stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yes. So welcome, Neff. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the introduction. I'll take that. I know. <laughs> you got to take it. Yes. You got to take it. So, I mean, this is so wild. And actually, Neff, I've known you for such a long time. Two years. Yes. And when I met you, I didn't realize that you were the Neff of you know, concierge 11 Howard fame. Um, and you never mentioned it. I, I never. Guess, I, I was more excited to meet you. Oh, yeah, that's so cute. I, I was more excited. I had looked up different doctors, and you were the best. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna mention anything or anyone. I just want to go and try it. And I've been coming to you ever since. It's been two years. Oh, well, I never you, mentioned it. You're so um, beautiful and <laughs> already beautiful. Thank and you. I'm so honored and privileged to take care of you. Yes, you're the best. Um, well, you're the best. When I met you, actually, I had already read my friend Anna. Actually, I read it in the Moda Operandi, like a little book club that uh, Lauren Santa Domingo hosted a thing at Moda Operandi at their old location. And Rachel Deloche Williams came and gave a book talk on her book. So I knew about you. Yeah. And I didn't put two and two together. A lot of people don't because when I come to like the doctor's office, my name is Nefertari Davis. I rarely go by Nef unless you really know me. And then, of course, you know, after coming to you for some time, it became Nef. And I think one day it just hit you or maybe someone told you. I don't know how you even found out. But when you found out, I was like, oh, I can finally talk to my doctor about this. Well, I binge watched the Netflix okay, series, yeah. as I think most of America did. Yes. And I was like, are you Nef? Nef as in Nef? Neff? Yeah, Neff um, from Inventing Anna, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time to talk about what everyone wants to talk about. Ooh. Are you still in touch with Anna Delvey? 
As of this year, 2023, the last time I spoke to Anna was her birthday. Her birthday's in January. She invited me to her apartment. She has like this cute spot. I believe it's in the lower, lower east side. She had a big party. I couldn't make it because of my current job, but she sent me flowers on my birthday, which is a week before before hers. So that was the last time I spoke to her, but I do still consider her my friend. I don't let people talk bad about her to me. Um, I do need to get to know her again because I knew a different Anna, just like the show presented. But yeah, that's still my homegirl. Yeah. Yeah. You were, the, you were the, from what I understand, the kind of the only person she didn't betray. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I was also the only person she paid back. I mean, she didn't pay the banks back. She didn't pay her real friends back. She didn't pay the hotels back, but she paid back me and she paid back 11 Howard, which was the hotel I was working at when I met her. And I think it's because everyone else had money and I didn't. So what she took from me was my time. So while everyone else was like sad about losing all this money, even though they were rich, I was sad about the time that I wasted because I thought that I was friends with someone that I wasn't. I didn't even know. I really, I really didn't even know her. But yeah, I think it was also because like, I don't really give you that impression that you can steal from me. I think she knew who to mess with. And I was just one of those people that took care of her. I think that she looked at me and saw herself because if you think about it, we both were broke. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is there something that even though you had these experiences where maybe you feel like she wasn't being truthful with you and all these lies were told to you. Is there something that you feel is relatable about her? Yeah, I mean, the fake it till you make it part in New York City. When I moved to New York 10 years ago, people asked me what I did. I said, oh, I've made three films. I made none. I hadn't made any. So I think it was just her like audacity and just being this foreign woman coming and telling me I'm about to open up a building, um, this $25 million building, I'm gonna get this loan. My dad created solar panels and I'm just like, and you wanna hang with me? <laughs> it was just so interesting. So I think that's what attracted me to her, the fact that she was putting me in rooms that I always recommended to guests but never got to go. So Anna let me be there. So when I was talking to other guests at the hotel, I could finally say, yeah, I've ate at Le Cuckoo. I've, I've eaten at these Michelins. And it made that job better and our friendship stronger because we were just eating great food, um, getting cryotherapy and traveling. I know. I wonder if there's something about that that's not part of the human condition. Because I was hanging out with these little seven-year-olds from my son's school. Yeah. And one of them was talking about how he invented Mickey D's as an abbreviation for McDonald's. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. And then another one was talking about how he invented popped collars. And I was yeah. like... Are you sure? That imagination. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay, all right. She was very convincing. Okay. But 
but it's like these are little kids who really have nothing to prove and yeah like a mom of some other kid so i wonder if like people just like have a little bit of that in them yeah i think especially yeah more than the average person anna knew a lot about a lot and a lot about nothing and i think it was the perfect balance because she was able to be in the rooms with bankers rich people farmer bros and then she could come with me and be in harlem and just be like drinking and you know doing all the fun stuff on the block so it was like now when i look back at it i'm like the reason why she was able to blend with me so well was because we were one in the same in a lot of ways I just didn't know that's something I want everyone to know I did not know that she was scamming did you ever suspect any little little thing like was there any little red herring tell Only at the end when her card started declining. But even then, I was like, yeah, she's from Germany. Of course, your cards are going to act up in America, you know, anytime you travel. But now that I'm around more wealthy people, I realize wealthy people do not carry that much cash on them. They use cards. So looking back when I was more green, I can just see like, wow, the reason why uh, one of the red flags I shouldn't have ignored was the fact that she only paid with cash. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. The wealthy, they pay with Amex. Yeah. Yeah. So when this whole story exploded, mm-hmm. what happened next? Because I'm not sure if a lot of people know that you were actually part of inventing Anna. Yes. Tell us the story because you went from being a person who was in the story to a person who was part of the story. And I love this transition into the establishment. Tell us about you and Shonda and Netflix and everything. It's so juicy. Listen, it's so easy to explain. It happened in three weeks. New York Magazine dropped the article. Jessica Pressler, one of my dear friends, she wrote that article. She also wrote the article that inspired Hustlers. So I knew it was going to be good. It dropped. The internet broke. I was so nervous because all these people were contacting me. I want to say by the third week, I said no to every huge house that you can think of, production house, from huge networks to cable networks. And then one day, Jessica Pressler called me and said, Shonda Rhimes is thinking about taking over this article. She wants to buy the rights. And I was like, oh, we don't have to talk about anything else. That's the go-to person. And she was like, well, let's just think about it. So I think we sat on it for 24 hours. And I was like, no, it has to be Shonda. And I want to say within 48 hours, Shonda and Shondaland had reached out to me. They sent me the most beautiful flowers. And they said, Is this something you're thinking about doing? I had to get a lawyer within three weeks. I had to, like, I had nothing. I was just a woman working at Starbucks at the time. I had already left the hotel. I was managing Starbucks. And so I didn't have, like, a Hollywood lawyer. But so many people felt, like, related to my story that I was able to get a lawyer. I was able to get representation and be in contact with Shonda within three weeks. And then we did Zooms. And then they were like, hey, well, we're going to pay you this amount of money. It's going to be her first show since Scandal, since leaving ABC and on Netflix. And to top it all off, we want you to be involved. Shonda wants you on set and you're going to get credits. 
And that was one of the few things no one other than Shonda had offered me, which was very important with having a film degree background that I'm in the credits. It's like everything else was extra. I didn't know that Neff's character would be named Neff. I didn't know that I would meet the woman that would play me and she would study how I speak and my nail color and how I walked. All I cared about was the credentials. So now I'm on IMDb and it says consultant for inventing Anna. And I was, I was hands-on with everything. And how did you feel about the way you were portrayed in the show? And my second question, piggybacking on that, is how did you feel about the way each of the characters was portrayed in the show? I loved how I was portrayed. There were some moments where I was like, I wouldn't have been that excited for Anna. But then I thought about it and I was like, maybe I would have if, because you know, it's a show. They add a little bit of, you know, tweaks to it to make it more entertaining. But for the most part, 98% of it is accurate. Um, even the little tidbits of me mentioning how my mom means so much to me and I'm from Maryland. Women from Maryland don't make it this far. It was little things that Shonda put in there that was like, specifically for me like look this is for you Nev. and you know I spoke to her writers from constantly we had over 30 emails back and forth so they cool. yeah they paid attention to every detail um as far as the other characters super accurate um despite what you might have heard super <laughs> accurate and everyone was involved with their character except for Rachel so, I mean, everyone got to have a say in, you know, even Casey, the personal trainer who I love, the real Casey, um, Laverne Cox plays her, super accurate. Casey is all about the spiritual journey. She doesn't like negativity. Todd, the lawyer, kind of like an asshole, but like super cool and wants to win. Everyone was accurate. Did Anna get involved in the story at all? Yeah. So with Anna's part, she was in Rikers at the time. So when she had to sign her rights off, they were kind of given to me to get, you know, that push. So she definitely has some involvement. But Julia, who plays Anna, only saw Anna once. And so for her to pick up on Anna's behavior, there were videos, there were Instagram posts, there were people that had footage on their Snapchat and they built the character off of that. So Anna might not agree with her character, but what I saw on screen is who I knew. And what about Rachel and her portrayal? What happened with that? I think that Rachel feels a way about her portrayal. I think there might be a lawsuit or something going on. I don't know, but um, I feel as though it was accurate. She was an Anna wannabe. Um, we all were at one point. Who didn't want to be the woman that was buying this building and opening up an art exhibit and, and going to cryotherapy and getting facials and, and just uh, infrared saunas? So I don't want people to take that as a jab to Rachel as wanting to be Anna, but she just took it a little too far and got her job involved. And that's something I didn't do. When Anna owed 11 Howard, just like they show in the show, I said, you know, you have to pay. Pay that 30000 and for the grace of God, my hotel was the only hotel that got paid. So that's so interesting. Yeah, and that's like everyone says a karmic this, moment. Yes, and it and it was real. I said I don't. Obviously, she didn't pay it the legal way. It was through checks and other ways of paying it. But Eleven Howard got their money, and the money that I paid the dinner to dinner was like two hundred bucks. She ended up giving me like six hundred dollars that day when she handed me the money. So that was another reason why I believed everything that she said because, you know, if someone pays you back triple 
and then you get the hotel their money, it's like, ah, you guys were wrong about her. Just like they show on the show. You guys were wrong. She paid it. But little did I know, Anna had a lot of ways of getting things done. Do you feel like you this opened up any doors for you? Or do you feel like this thrust you into the spotlight in a way that you did not want? I went, yeah, I mean, I went to the Emmys. Our show is Emmy nominated. We didn't win, but I went to the Emmys and to be invited to go to the Emmys and Shonda wanting me to be there. I was the only real life character invited. Um, But I also feel like it was my story. I should have been there. And to be around people that I looked up to and to spend time with Julia at the Emmys and see just a little glimpse of where my own career could be. I've made lifelong connections with Shondaland writers. Shonda tells me, write the script, write it, write it. Now, most people don't have that connection where they can just send a script to Shonda Rhimes, but now I can. And it opened the door to the job I currently work now for the NFL. Yeah. So this is very cool because I think in this interaction with Anna and with Shonda, you kind of established yourself as somebody who has trustability because a lot of different kinds of people put their trust in you, like people all over the map, not only in your professional career as the concierge for a luxury hotel, but also like really people all over the map. And so that parlayed itself into your current role at the NFL. So what do you do for the NFL and what is that like? Oh, it's amazing. It's the best job I ever had. I'm currently an executive assistant, but if you want to call me a personal one, I'll take that too because it does get personal for a football player that is one of the top wide receivers in the league. And it just navigated perfectly. He actually stayed at 11 Howard. And I met him there, and I remember him saying, you know, one day I'm going to hire you as my assistant. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then later on, I ended up getting phone calls, and people have watched the show, and I'm thinking, okay, I'll never get a job because people think that I'm connected to a scammer. But no, people saw what you just mentioned, loyalty, trust, some secrecy. And the ability to navigate through a situation that most people would have got that five seconds of fame and just like got so big headed. And I'm just still like, you know, working regular jobs at the time before the NFL job. I did move to L.A. briefly and I'm just, you know, a regular girl. And now I have this job and it, you know, it's a six figure job and it changed my life because I know that all of the patience that I developed being around Anna and being around all those guests at that luxury hotel in Soho, I now apply that with this job because this job is even more wild. You know, you see so much and you can't say much. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've traveled, well, I mean, besides going to all the games, you've traveled all over the place with the NFL. Oh, I've traveled everywhere. Um, we went to Fashion Week this year. I was. I spent a week in Milan. I got to sit front row with Bottega Veneta just because... I'm his assistant. Uh, That's one of my favorite brands. So that was amazing. They styled me. They gave me bags. And I'm just like, whoo, this is just... This is just fun. And then we spent three weeks in Paris. Um, I've been, I just got back from Coachella. Like we're going to Japan next month. So this has been something where it's like I'm doing the front desk, but on the go. I'm on the plane four days a week, but I'm working on my phone and I'm booking reservations. I'm coming up with ways of um, 
navigating certain situations just like I would have to do for Anna. And it's a trust bubble. And I'm in this new bubble with, you know, this NFL player who's amazing and other players as well. And I'm like, wow, Anna prepared me for this. So in the way, like she said in the show, Neff, you deserve to be in a better place. And she helped me get there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still writing? I'm still writing, yes. So I know one of the things that some of my not-so-nice fans like to say is, you never created the movie. It was like, I know, you guys. I, I'm in New York. Rent is three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. I had to work. But now that I have this job that is supporting me, I can finally take time to write. And my boss wants me to write. And the last thing I was able to direct was a Givenchy campaign that he starred in. Oh and so, God, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's on my Instagram. You have an Emmy nominee under yeah, your belt. Yeah, I'm Emmy nominated. And so I think that everything is looping in. Like, oh, who would have thought that working for an NFL player would help me get directorial credit under a house like Givenchy? That's so amazing. Yeah. Do you ever feel like there was a dark side to being so close to someone like Anna where you became really good friends with someone who had some fundamental falseness about their identity do you feel like it gave you trust issues or made it made you feel weird about putting your guard down for other people yeah I felt very green when people started asking me questions or sending dms like listen to her accent. It's, she's not a German heiress. She's obviously from Russia. And I'm like, I've never been to Germany. I don't have that privilege to know what this accent sounds like. So I think the dark side is trusting people. I, I thought I knew this woman. I was spending every day with her. I worked six days a week. She lived where I worked. We spent sometimes 13 to 14 hours a day together just to find out she wasn't who she said she was. It was, it's very... It's hurtful. So I think the dark side is like losing that friend. I know that we can see each other again and we'll laugh about it. And I still think she's great, but I don't know that person. So, yeah, I mean, it's more hurtful than anything. Yeah. Has it impacted your other relationships or are you able to compartmentalize it like that was a unique situation oh. with a unique person no new friends i i, I <laughs> promise you even my friend that's here with me has been friends with me for like over seven years i'm not really into making new friends now especially because after the anna situation i was like i never will know someone yeah. you know but as far as my new job i'm meeting like people in the industry so I'm having to be friends with them so I think now I'm just looking at everyone like we're all one in the same you could have scammed your way up here because what Anna did a lot of people get away with she just didn't do you feel like people are more quick to jump on her because she was a young woman or that if she had actually gotten a bridge loan and made a profit that people would have turned a blind eye to the fact that there were a bunch of lies behind the profit? I think it's two ways of looking at it. Uh, People, I'm an African-American woman, so people from my culture, they look at Anna and they see privilege. Oh, you were able to go in a bank, 
with going to a hotel. She never showed an ID. She never showed a real credit card to check into 11 Howard. And we would never be able to do that. You probably wouldn't even be able to do that, doctor. So I know that that's one way. And then the other way is this young woman who people like to call unattractive. She never was sleeping with men. It was not like this woman was doing promiscuous things. She was just very smart, was able to get away with it. I know that bothers people. Especially the the most of my hate comes from older Caucasian men that feel like, why did you support her and how did she do it? Well, she did it just like how you probably did it. Yeah. Yeah. You just probably had a little bit more legit money under you and Anna didn't. Mm -hmm. But she was one visit from her bank from getting that loan. Just one visit away. She got so close. When you think about the things that she did, those scams that she ran, it is truly wild to think of, like, FAA regulations, and she literally got on a private jet and basically hijacked it. (laughs) Pretty much she stole a private plane flight to Omaha. I mean, that's wild to me yeah it's a big, I can't even wrap my mind around that like I can barely so get through bold. airport security yeah and she's <laughs> not like, she wasn't nervous <laughs> yeah like 10 forms of ID and I can't even get through the yeah the yeah she wasn't nervous I'm gonna tell you Anna is super confident she's an Aquarius if you're into astrology she's super confident nothing about her screams I can't do it And she's one of those that really go by the Chris Jenner rule that if someone says no, you're asking the wrong person. And I've applied that to my life and I've seen how she navigates. And she was her own lawyer. She made up an AOL account during a Gmail generation and they believed her. So what does that say about those bankers? Did they see this young woman come in and think, hmm, I could take advantage of her? Or did they just not do their due diligence? So it's like, you know, the people she scammed, other than Rachel, because I do feel bad about Rachel, I don't feel bad about the banks. Because the fact that she was able to walk in and do that, that's on you. Because you wouldn't let me do it. I'm glad that she was able to get them to tighten up a little bit. Especially New York banks. You know how hard that is? That's wild. Yeah. It's really wild. Yeah. With no proof of anything. Just the will and the audacity. Kind of powerful if you turn it around. She didn't scam regular people. Even Rachel, she technically scammed Vanity Fair because it was Vanity Fair card that Rachel swiped, which I would never do. I couldn't swipe 11 Howard's Amex, but Rachel did. And so that's why Anna didn't feel as bad because she felt if you're willing to do it, then I'm, I'm going to take advantage of you. Kind of dangerous. Yeah. A little scary. Some people are afraid of her. It is a little scary. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you have to wonder what she wouldn't do. Mm. That building, I saw it with my own eyes. I saw the paperwork. It was hers. And they kind of copied her idea and still put an art museum there. It's an old Catholic church. It was gorgeous. And she had a plan. The ADF, Anna Delvey Foundation, she had the paperwork. She was 26 doing this. Yeah. You know, most 26-year-olds are still trying to figure out life. Anna figured it out. She just didn't do it the legal way. Yeah. She should have just worked like we do in New York. She would have made it just off of the drive alone. Yeah. yeah. Ambition is uh, yeah. 
Ambition is cool. It's yeah. just you have to keep it a little in bounds. Yeah. But the follow the there, laws. There are some things. Yeah. What would you say are kind of the biggest lessons you've taken away from this whole situation? Well, the number one, like I told you, now that I'm around more wealthy people, if I see a person with a bunch of cash, I'm a little concerned. Because why are you carrying ten or twenty thousand dollars on you? Unless you're a rapper, you know, rappers they carry cash. But like, just an everyday person pulling out that much money, even though we were being tipped, and she was tipping housekeeping, she was tipping the delivery man, she was tipping me and other concierges. We were happy. We were getting hundreds of dollars a day on top of being a union job. So we were we were rich a little bit to us. I'm very concerned when people have a lot of cash around me. I'm always hesitant. I'm like, okay, no, Neff. They really have money. It's okay. So definitely paying attention to people's spending habits. I think I learned a lot about that. And also the number one thing that Anna taught me was self-care. That's how I came to you. Because she taught me about fillers and cryotherapy and all these little tweaks. And I'm like, you're super young to be getting this. And she's like, no, you start at 25. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I'm behind. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. one thing. While she was doing all her scams, girl was taking care of her skin. She was taking care of her body. She had Casey Duke, which is one of the best personal trainers in New York City, to Lenny Kravis, Maxwell, and all types of people, Dakota um, Johnson. I'm like, wow. So she's taking care of herself while scamming. Self-care. I'm going to okay. do the same. Yeah. Yeah. I all guess right. that's the full circle. It's the full circle. Yeah. Well, I'm so honored that you came on my podcast yes. because I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you turned down some pretty cool podcasts. Some pretty cool ones. You're only my second official podcast that I did. Yeah, I, I did a few interviews, but I didn't want to just drown the world with me because I was just happy to have a character named Neff. But, you know, you've been great and you've helped boost my confidence. And if I was going to lay this anywhere, it would be here in your bed because oh. I trust you. I trust you with my face. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're you're so amazing. Yeah. Well, I think you're so cool. And I love that you are willing to tell your story because I think no story is linear. And it's so interesting. You're so multidimensional. Yes. You've done so many different things. I cannot wait to see what you do next. Um, where can people stay in touch with you and find you? Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Film Colors, F I L M C O L O R S. And yeah, there are some fake film colors pages, but Netflix got me verified, so I'm one of the cool kids. So yeah, follow me on there, and I'm on there just traveling the world with NFL players. Yay. Yay. Thank it you. It worked out. I know. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. Much. You're the best. This is so fun. Yes.